Today's a big day on the Major League Baseball calendar as option decisions are due, qualifying offers need to be extended, and free agency officially opens up. That all happens at 2 p.m. And the Giants made their first big decision, a, a decision on Evan Longoria, and we'll get to it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we have an actual decision to talk about. As I said, today is the big day at 2 p.m., and I tried to wait until 2 p.m., but I'm actually recording this a little bit before 2 p.m., uh, but the deadline is 2 p.m. to make option decisions. The Giants had one decision to make there, and that was on Evan Longoria, and they made that decision. They also must issue qualifying offers to eligible free agents that they choose to. They, they must decide uh, to issue qualifying offers to eligible free agents, and that is going to be Carlos Rodon. That's going to be an easy call. Jock Peterson, a possibility, but very unlikely, and we'll know by two. And then the last thing is that free agency officially opens up and some players like with all these option decisions are being released into free agency. We'll get into Kevin Kiermeyer and his possible fit with the Giants later on. But I just wanted to discuss this decision with Longoria. So what the decision was, was um, it was a $13 million club option with a $5 million buyout. And so I've seen a lot of people saying he's not worth $13 million. It wasn't really about $13 million. It's about the difference between the $5 million and the $13 million. So $8 million. So it was an $8 million decision because the $5 million was going to him one way or the other. And so $8 million is too much for Evan Longoria. And so that is why the Giants officially uh, well, actually, we have only Susan Slusser saying that she spoke to Longoria and then and that Longoria says the Giants didn't pick up the option. So we haven't had a, an official team announcement, but no reason to believe that's not true. So what this means is that Longoria may or may not be back, but he isn't being brought back on that option and he w- he will just be a free agent. And so the Giants could bring him back. There's no rule against bringing him back. The thing is, they weren't going to bring him back for eight more million. I think if they do bring him back, it would be one, two, maybe three million dollars, and that would be it. So that is why it was a essentially easy decision not to just pick up this option. Now, Alex Pavlovich tweeted out quotes from Farhan Zaidi yesterday when he met with the media. The GM meetings are going on. Zaidi is there. GM Pete Patella is there. New GM Pete Patella is there. And, you know, Zaidi met with the media for like an hour and there weren't a ton of interesting quotes to come out of it, but this was one of them. Uh, Zaidi said yesterday about third base, quote, we've got David VR, who played really well for us down the stretch. J.D. Davis, who did a really nice job for us. Casey Schmidt is one of our top prospects and he's got a chance to be an everyday third baseman. And so 
I don't know exactly what the question was to which this was his response, but it's about third base, obviously. And so that, you know, Zaidi also said earlier in the offseason, like right after the season ended, that there was a, a role for Longoria on the team. It just depended on what the role was. So Longoria, he just turned 37 in October. And for a team that needs to get, you know, younger and more athletic, which is the mantra, uh, you know, he's been hurt. He's been, I mean, I don't want to call a professional baseball player unathletic, but he's been injury prone as he get as he's gotten into his mid to late 30s here. And yeah, I mean, he's been a quality player when he's been on the field for the Giants the last couple years, especially under these new hitting coaches like his. You know, weighted runs created plus with the Giants since 2020 is 111. So he's been a significantly better than league average offensive player. And he's also been pretty good defensively at third base. So I could see the appeal perhaps on a small one-year commitment bringing him back. But also I can see them wanting to keep their options open. And when he mentions David VR, he ultimately really did play well down the stretch. And so creating an opportunity for him and also... The fact that Zaidi said JD Davis was, you know, played really well for us down the stretch leads you to believe that they probably will tender JD Davis a contract if it was a question. It is a question simply because they have the choice whether or not to tender a contract to JD Davis, and that decision is going to be due in about a, a week uh, from a week from Friday, I believe. JD Davis and all their arbitration eligible players, but. Yeah, I mean, you've got VR, you've got Davis, and then he mentions Schmidt as well, who reached AAA by the end of the year, is known as an excellent defensive player, and hit well in high A, double A, and then made it to AAA at the end of the year. And so I could easily, for all these reasons, see them not ultimately bringing back Evan Longoria, but we won't know until... He either signs with another team or he signs with the Giants. But the fact is they they did not pick up the option. I think that's certainly the right call for now. And the other decisions they have to make by this 2 p.m. deadline, which as I record this is 20 minutes from now, is simply about the qualifying offer. So coming up in just a minute, we'll explain briefly what to expect there and then turn our attention to some players, including Kevin Kiermeyer, who were released into free agency. Is he a possible fit for the San Francisco Giants? We'll get to that in just a second. But before we do, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. It's a great time to buy it. Like if the crime rate increases, I know package thefts, I personally have been affected a number of times by this. And it's one of the reasons I have Simply Safe in my own home. And one of the one of my favorite parts really is being able to just open up the easy to use and navigate app and check in on all those crystal clear HD cameras. Uh, it's just truly very uh, comforting and convenient. In in an emergency 24-7, professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com 
slash locked on MLB. That's uh, this is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB, and there's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, as promised, just uh, briefly want to mention what's going on with the qualifying offer here. We're gonna you're you're you've probably heard about it before. You've heard this podcast. I haven't heard yet official word, but they're gonna give Carlos Rodon a qualifying offer. Really, what I'm mostly curious about is the off chance, like the really slim chance that perhaps they could consider giving a qualifying offer to Jock Peterson. I haven't heard anybody else talking about this, maybe because I'm foolish for even thinking it is the remotest of possibility. Like I'm talking 1%, less than 1% chance in my mind that they give it to him, but that's not zero. It's close to zero, but it's not zero. Uh, thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen today, by the way. For your second listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So yes, qualifying offer decisions are due, like whether to extend the qualifying offer. And once Teams extend these qualifying offers. It's also the official start of free agency. So say you're Carlos Rodon and the Giants have given you this qualifying offer, which, by the way, is a one-year offer worth this year $19.65 million. But because that 2 p.m. deadline would have passed, Rodon would be a true free agent. So he could be fielding offers from other teams after 2 p.m. today which is now in 15 minutes from me recording this. And so what you can do if you have the qualifying offer attached to you is you can get a feel for what your market is. And Rodon, it's not complex. Like his market is way beyond one year, 19.65 million. He's ultimately going to get north of $100 million. But in more borderline cases, like say they were to give one to Peterson, he would spend those 10 days in which he's allowed to mull it over getting a feel for his market and seeing if that is an offer he would want to accept. And so then after 10 days, which I think is on the following Sunday, not this upcoming Sunday, but the Sunday after that, uh, anyone who received the qualifying offer, that's the deadline to make a decision. And the way it works is essentially they could just say yes, and and then boom, they're, they're back at one year and their salary is $19.65 million. If they say no, The benefit to the team is that if that player ends up signing with anybody else, the Giants would get a draft pick. I'm always like forgetting it's after the second round before the third round, I believe. It's it's around, uh, yeah, pick like 75 overall is where they would get draft pick compensation for Rodon and then on an off chance, Peterson. I think if they give it to Peterson, he would take it. And that's part of why they wouldn't do it, because he would take it and it would be an overpay. And they could, if they want to bring him back, they might be able to bring him back on like a two-year deal worth roughly that same amount, like two years, $20 million or so is possibly what his market is. So if that's the market, why give him one year and roughly $20 million, if that makes sense. So anyway, those decisions, whether to give the qualifying offer, will be made in 15 minutes here, and then free agency truly opens up. And so, like I mentioned, all these option decisions are due, and so someone notable was just uh, the Rays did not pick up the club option they had on him, and that's Kevin Kiermeyer. And I just briefly wanted to mention, 
I tweeted out today that I thought that he was an intriguing player for the San Francisco Giants, potentially. And when I say intriguing, and when I say Kevin Kiermeyer, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying, forget Aaron Judge, we get Kevin Kiermeyer. That's the solution. Not at all. Uh, like, if you have Kevin Kiermeyer on your roster, it doesn't change my thinking whatsoever that they still need to bring in top-tier talent and perhaps multiple top-tier talent-type players. Like, I still think Judge, Correa, all, all those guys, I still think you need to bring back an ace starting pitcher, whether it's Rodon or one of these shorter term possibilities. So for Kiermaier, what he basically would do for me, and I made this point as well, that the Angels proved to us year in and year out that having just a couple of stars, star players is not enough to be a good team. They have literally Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon but Trout and Otani specifically, and yet they finish under 500 every year. And so, yes, some upper-tier talent is important, and it's exactly what the Giants need, but also having quality depth behind them is also really important, and I think that that's what Kiermaier represents. And he also would massively address a huge area of weakness, which is the athleticism and defense. The one question, the big question is that he had season-ending hip surgery in August. So, you know, checking in on his health would be obviously imperative. And if he's dealing with lingering effects of that, then no thank you at all. But if he can get back to being the way he has been in his career, he's not a great hitter by any means. He has a career uh, 97 weighted runs created plus, which means he's been just about league average offensively. But He's literally been one of the very best like defensive center fielders the game has ever seen. He's just elite defensively. He is 32 and a half years old. He'll be 33 in April. So you expect some decline and maybe more than just some pretty quickly here defensively and from a speed perspective. But when he's been on the field the last couple of years, he's still been really good defensively and as a base runner and just as a runner in general. He's like, you know upper 90th percentiles in sprint speed and outs above average and all that stuff. So he's still like an impact defender and runner. And so could you plug him into center field, have a Yastrzemski and Slater platoon at one spot and then bring in a big bopper like Aaron Judge to play the other corner and then also sign a shortstop or whatever like Trey Turner or Carlos Correa and have them play second base. Then you've got you're up the middle defense. Say you've got Crawford at short and like Trey Turner, who's super athletic and fast, also at second. And then you've got a Kiermeyer in center. You've got your capable center field players like Yastrzemski and Slater now in a corner, maybe in right field. And then you can just let Aaron Judge hang out in left field and be that Barry Bonds replacement. You know, maybe this is all thinking a little big and these are best case scenarios. I'm not saying necessarily how likely those scenarios are, but the defense would be dramatically improved. Third base would still be a question, but Casey Schmidt, like Zaidi said, would be coming. And then you could have elite defense at third. Crawford is still very good. You could have really good defense at second if you picked up one of those guys I mentioned. And then in center, Kiermaier. Suddenly the defense would be in a way better spot. And so I just thought he was interesting. I've had some people respond and say that he's just like Steven Duggar or something. And and the fact is, in my opinion, Kevin Kiermeyer is like what everyone hoped Steven Duggar would be, but never was. And actually, if you look at Kevin Kiermeyer's like 
wins above replacement per 600 plate appearances in his career, it's over four, which is like an all-star level player. And for Duggar, wins above replacement per 600 plate appearances in his career, it's 0.99. So they're not at all the same. Uh, In his career, Kiermaier's weighted runs created plus of 97 is exactly the same as Brandon Crawford's. And so it's kind of like peak Brandon Crawford defensively. And if Brandon Crawford could also really run, that's what you're getting. You're getting like a defensive specialist who can also really, really run. And that's kind of what you're getting with the bat. Crawford's not terrible with the bat. He's just not great, but he's somewhere in the middle, which is roughly league average. And so Anyway, just I just thought that was interesting. There's also some discussion on Kiermaier versus Bellinger, who might be non-tendered and released into free agency. And again, those non-tender decisions are about a week away. And so Bellinger could be added to the free agent pool in about a week. It's possible. It's in fact, it's I think likely, unless they he works something else out with the Dodgers. But I get it. Bellinger is also intriguing. He's much younger. He's only 27, but. He's literally been the worst hitter in baseball over the last two years. That is how bad it's been for Cody Bellinger. So I get, I agree. He's intriguing as well and could be a, an interesting kind of defense speed player with obviously way more upside than Kiermaier. Kiermaier is like a much higher floor, but a lower ceiling. And Bellinger's got the higher ceiling, but a much lower floor. So it's kind of like, which do you prefer? And I could see a case for either. But you know, again, these would not be your marquee additions. These would be kind of lesser additions, and you would still definitely need to make some marquee additions, in my opinion. So coming up in just a minute, there's some discussion about Lamont Wade Jr., who is arbitration eligible, and Farhan Zaidi had something to say about it. So we'll discuss Wade Jr.'s future in San Francisco after a bad 2022 following a great 2021. We'll get to it in just a minute. But first... All right, as promised, just a little bit about Lamont Wade Jr. I thought it was interesting that uh, Farhan Zaidi had a couple of things to say about it, and also they made some roster moves. But essentially what was said, Zaidi said that they do plan to tender a contract to Lamont Wade Jr. And this was a little bit of a question because of how bad his year was in 2022, following, like I said, a great 2021. In 2021, Lamont Wade Jr., was like Mr. Clutch, and he hit 18 home runs and just 381 plate appearances. Late night Lamont was born with the Giants here. And then in 2022, he was just much worse and just struggled to get it going offensively all season long, struggled to stay on the field, only played in 77 games, dealt with the knee issue, and just wasn't the same guy at all. So he's arbitration eligible. The predicted contract, according to MLB trade rumors for Wade, is just $1.4 million in his first year of arbitration eligibility. And what Zaidi said was that they do plan to tender him a contract. And I just want to, this is like a similar conversation to the one we just had about Kevin Kiermeyer, in that he's not going to, if you're relying on Wade like he did a lot this year, to be honest, and the year before even, to like hit fourth for you and just be a big run producer, I think you're in trouble. But if he's just depth on your roster, then this is the type of player who's important. When I mentioned the Angels, they don't have guys like this who can pitch in. And the Giants 
plan. This is what happened in 2021. All these different guys just chipped in a little bit, and they they did have some star level performances out of Posey, out of Belt, and out of Crawford in 2021. So you need to replace that upper tier performance probably from outside the organization now because it's clear that that's not coming from within. Posey's retired. Belt is a free agent. Crawford regressed. So yeah, I mean, you can bring in that impact talent like they had from those guys in 2021, but then it's it was that depth, like the, the Wade Juniors of the world that really, really lifted up the rest of that team and led them to 107 wins. And so it's not shocking to me that Zaidi said this and that at a, a modest price tag of an estimated $1.4 million that the Giants would elect to bring him back. But it was noteworthy that Zaidi said that. So the other roster moves they made, just by the way, they claimed a catcher, Dom Nunez, off of waivers. They added Isan Diaz to the 40-man roster, which they needed to do. Otherwise, I think he would have been uh, Rule 5 eligible because he was a minor league free agent. It's kind of complicated, but Isan Diaz was added to the 40-man. They also outrighted several players, Austin Dean, Bryce Johnson, Taylor Jones, Zach Littell, and Ford Proctor. So all of those guys, what that means is that they cleared waivers. So they're off the 40-man and that they're back in the minor leagues. But uh, yeah, they're not on the 40-man roster anymore. So that's interesting in the case specifically of like Littell and Bryce Johnson to me. And it also means nobody wanted them. So that's also interesting. Andrew Vasquez and Luis Ortiz were claimed off waivers by the Phillies. So those guys are now in the Phillies organization and on their 40-man roster. So anyway, a lot of... uh, housekeeping there but now it is four minutes to two at the time of this recording so we are just about at the cusp of true free agency opening up and by the way all those roster moves just needed to be made because teams have to you know have less than 40 players on their 40-man roster by this 2 p.m deadline and those moves needed to be made to get the Giants there. And all these guys who are on the 60-day IL have to be added back to the 40-man. Because when you go on the 60-day IL, you're off the 40-man temporarily. But by this deadline, you have to add them back. And so it creates suddenly an influx of players getting back on. So that's why they had to do all this. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen Today, now make your second listen to Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on this app, Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Coming up tomorrow, I think I want to do a mailbag, so look out on Twitter for the prompt. An official start of free agency mailbag. I really can't wait. So anyway, thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.